fail. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Hold on one more second. We're, uh, we're on some more technical difficulties here. What? You're having a lot of difficulties today. Difficulties days. <laughs> All right. Well, the headphones that I thought I had charged earlier today, uh, turns out they weren't charged at all because uh, I'm switching. I brought like the, the mic that I used to use. I, uh, I brought it to work because I was having so much trouble with like fucking wireless earphones there. So if I ever want to get on a meeting or if I ever have to get on a meeting, uh, which I will actually have to tomorrow uh, to talk about some shit that I don't really know about, which is cool. Uh, But if I ever have to do that, then I have that mic right there. So I don't have to worry about connectivity issues and looking like shit professionally. But the mic, the new mic that I got, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was actually a really good deal on Amazon for uh, uh, a good Audio Technica mic with some lower tier Audio Technica headphones that are similar enough to like the pair that I have that I kind of broke, the better pair that I have that I kind of broke. That it was like, yeah, sure, I'll uh, I'll just I'll just use these. Uh, so now I've been switching to that one. Like the headphones work great. I love them. Uh, I have some aftermarket, um, is that the term for it? Aftermarket? Like when you buy products that fit on your product, but aren't a part of the official package. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't know. I honestly have no idea what aftermarket (laughs) means. Well, so like if you're building a computer, uh, if you're building like a desktop and you buy some sort of like like a, a cooler that is not included with your CPU or something that'd be like an aftermarket cooler. Um, so I bought some aftermarket pads for these headphones, which I guess I should say the model. Um, Audio-Technica, good brand, uh, not super expensive for the most part. Um, the pair that I used to use, the ones that I broke halfway, yeah. that's the M50X. Um, which I think the M40X are the ones that they kind of advertise and get have a better rep as having like a more neutral profile. I have the fucking M50X. I just realized that. Dude, those are some good cans, man. I like them. That's They're great. They, I use them all the time. <laughs> They're the headphones. I was like, M50, the ATH M50X. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, okay. That's what I figured. I'm like, I got these specifically to for them to be like the like a mid range ish. I don't know. Like, I don't have money to spend on real headphones, but like, I, I need something good. And that, no, then you just are... brought it up. I'm like, wait a fucking set. Is this printed <laughs> on the side of my thing? Yeah, those are great. Like, I had them since we were doing the radio show at Marquette. Um, they're great music headphones. They're not as neutral as you might want. I think the M40s yeah. are the ones that are the super neutral ones that you might use as like actual studio monitors. But I think I got the M50s for like a hundred bucks or something a few years back. Uh, I don't has it, I don't know if it's gone down or up since then, but um, I would expect down. But yeah, those are great. I love them. But I I have a problem where like I like to wear the headphones when I'm like going to sleep and so like one day I just kind of rolled over on it the wrong way I guess and I snapped the oh, connectors on really? one of the sides yeah so they still work perfectly do they like, like dangle does like one of the ears dangle 
one of the ears like kind of flops out you know where like the oh. top part of it is connected to the top part of my ear like that seals pretty well but at the bottom because they have like I don't, they're flexible or whatever like the bottom flexes out so the sound leaks out of there so like if i'm if i have my head on like a pillow or something like that like if i put pressure on that side it's fine but you know you get tired of that yeah i would agree anyway uh anyway. so i bought some some m20 x's which is like you know like three tiers down or whatever uh i got those and a good microphone on amazon a couple of weeks ago a few weeks ago for about 50 bucks which normally i think the microphone itself goes for 50 or the headphones itself goes for 50 one of them on its own goes for 50 and they had like a bundle for both of them for 50 yeah that's pretty nice like, oh this is this is great but then that was the mic that i was trying to use last week or the week before or whenever where it was just like not connecting right and it's all a fucking mess dude it's i hate i hate technology i want to fucking go you know back what the problem is what it's wireless that's the entire problem you're exactly right you're it's exactly literally right. the entire problem we had we we didn't have a problem and we created a problem and then sometime in the future a solution will be made but we literally never had a problem it was like no one zero people asked for wireless zero it's uh, the besides fucking like some workout nerds some <laughs> stupid bitches that wanted wireless headphones that's the only reason, truly. So I, I think that still. Those are probably, yeah, those are the only people that wanted them. And then Apple decided to start doing it because I think they were the first ones to like take the headphone jack out of the phones. And they did it because they love being able, like, and it's not even their fault, honestly. Like, I can't even get mad at like marketing people at Apple or whatever because their whole prerogative is to make as much money as possible. Like, that's what they're there for. So, I can't, you know, put any blame on them or anything, but these fucking dumbass consumers who are just going to go along with it, even though, you know, you're not going to get as good quality definitely over like lower tier wireless earphones than you will over wired. And it creates all these extra problems, but fucking dumbass Apple consumers love to pay more for less. So, you know, once Apple took it out, then every other manufacturer is like, okay, now we don't have to put a headphone jack anymore. And, and it's fucking ridiculous, man. That's one of the reasons why like, I kind of want to upgrade my phone because it's two years old now, but there's nothing I want to get. Phones are stupid. Everything's stupid. I agree. I completely agree. That's why I got a, um, and it's, and it's honestly my fault for not using it more because I just literally, it's been sitting in my room for a while, but I got a, like a, it's called a high by H I B Y. Um, like it plays flack, it plays all sorts of shit that you can get onto it. Um, so you just gotta get the music that you want and put it on that. I'm not sure if it has Spotify or not. I don't think it does, but um, I got it at one point and I still am gonna get around to using it someday. It has an audio jack. That's like kind of half the reason I got it because my phone that I got, like I was expecting phones to still just always have them. So then when I ordered one online, um, I went from a OnePlus 6 to a OnePlus 7T, and it no longer had one. And I was very, very upset with that. And I still yeah. think that's the problem with every, with all of that shit. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of it either. I mean, it even goes back further. Like, I could kind of tell it was going to go this way because I remember back when 
uh, manufacturers started getting rid of like the micro SD slot in phones, mm-hmm. like any sort of expandable storage, because, you know, it was a lot easier back in the day to maybe get a phone that had like eight gigabytes of storage on it and then just get like a fucking relatively cheap, like 64 gigabyte micro SD to put all your content on. Uh, but then, you know, phone manufacturers realized starting, well, Apple, I don't think they ever had expandable storage, but yeah. everybody else started realizing, wait a minute, we can make a lot more money if we just take out that micro SD slot and only sell, oh, okay, now you can only get like the 64, the 32 gigabytes on your phone or the 62 or the 128, and we're going to give it to you. You can't get it from anybody else, so we can drive up the price as much as we want. Yeah, man, I completely agree. That's why I'm, I've really uh, fallen out of love with like actually using my phone. Like I just, I just, dis- I just don't like it. I don't like using it. I use it for photos and I use it for just browsing stuff now and then, but like, I'm I'm really not using it for more than like four or five things at this point. Yeah. And, and I don't, and I don't have a desire to use it for more. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that it has like frustrated me a lot. The past, well, not frustrated me a lot because I really don't care that much at the end of the day, but I used to like follow the new cell phone releases back when, um, you know, in the era of like the, the, fucking galaxy s4 and shit like that like that yeah, long ago that was probably of, like era of new shit actually getting onto phones that was interesting yeah um i used to like keep up with all that kind of stuff because yeah there was new stuff happening and uh, there were at least like different form factors like phones didn't all look the same where now they all have kind of that same generic candy bar texture um but, at, you know, probably starting a few years ago, it just started to get where, like, everybody's kind of making the same thing anyway. And I've been a big fan of, like, some of what Google was doing for the past few years and stuff. They used to have, like, their Nexus lineup, which was where the hardware would be built by different manufacturers, uh, but the software would be basically just, like, stock Android, like, you weren't getting... You know, Samsung does their own thing with Android. Uh, like LG does their own thing. And if they're still around, uh, Sony does their own thing. Like all these different manufacturers usually have different, they call them skins of Android. Yeah. But the Nexus lineup was like, okay, it's just stock Android pure. This is what Google made. This is what you're getting. And they were great. Uh, I still love that my old Nexus 6P. That's still probably my favorite phone I've ever had. I still have it with me. It runs like shit now because it's so old. Yeah, yeah it thinks <laughs> toast. <laughs> I keep it around. I'm like, maybe some, I'll find some way to like repurpose this for something. But no, it's just, it's, it's, it's done. Uh, now I'm on a Pixel 4a, which Pixel is where Google took over the hardware too. So now they're doing the hardware and the software for it. But newest pixels that are coming out there in like the sixes the 6a just came out and people are having all these crazy like overheating issues with it and they took out the headphone jack on it and it's like what's even the point anymore man i thought about switching to an iphone for a while uh but now i have an iphone at work and i'm like this is garbage i can't do this (laughs) did they give you one for work or no 
Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's technically mine or if it's like, it's I mean, not I'm yours, sure I'll have to no. return it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll have to return it when I leave. But yeah, I do have a work iPhone that I never use for fucking anything. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I spam calls on it. I'm actually surprised because my dad, he, he said he finally joined the dark side and he got an, he got an iPhone like, uh, I don't know, two months ago. And he's just like, I actually like it. This was all this this decade long brand war against iPhones just because they were popular. It was all for nothing. So he actually got it and he liked it. I'm like, yeah, well, damn. I think he's just been worn down by the machinery of culture or some shit, you know, because I can like I have no desire to even interact with that thing. Like I I bring it with me to work. And as soon as I get home, I put it on a shelf and I don't look at it. How like uh, how actually different is it from using a normal phone? Like honestly, I I don't know. Okay, how... Let me get it out right now. Oh. So, um, I don't know exactly which model it is. It's one of the mini ones. Um, so it's a small screen, which I actually kind of like. Um, but it's a little too small. Like the keys can be a little hard to press sometimes. Um, do I even remember my password for this thing? Is it just like small oh, keyboard okay. and? Well, one thing that I know, uh, at least on this model, I don't know if it's this way for all the iPhones now. Um, but what am I looking for? Um, there's no like, what am I even trying to say? God damn it. There's something that's missing on here that I was complaining about a long while ago that I can't remember now. Um, it's like a button that's missing somewhere, but I can't figure out what it is. Um, I think it's the fact that there's like no, there's no home button on it or anything. And you can't put like a, like a virtual home button on there. Like I have on my 4A, there's like a little, there's a triangle for a back button and a circle for a home button and a square for like multitasking and stuff. So I can press the circle just to get back to my home screen whenever, but there's no way to really, well, no, I guess you can just swipe up from the apps. There's some fucking thing, man. I wish I could remember what it was because now I feel like I'm complaining about nothing. Is there a back button on it? And if no. there is, does it suck? There's no back button. But there was something. Oh, you know what? This is what it is. Um, you can't, like, on your phone, you know how you can probably, like, hold the power button to turn it off yeah can't do that here what do you do oh shit you have to hold power and the volume keys that's how you take a screenshot I just figured out right now um maybe if you like lightly tap them or something you get the screenshot but if you hold them that's how it brings the power menu up I'm forgetting that's, something. That's, I'm going to edit a bunch of this shit out because I'm <laughs> forgetting something, but something got replaced with like a dedicated Siri button and I can't remember what it is. That's really stupid. 
I would I would just be like, shut up, just shut up. Something that used to be on older devices too, because I remember from my iPod back in the day. Anyway, yeah, I have this iPhone. I don't really do anything with it. Um, I get spam calls. A couple of times I've had to like text my boss for some stuff, but otherwise nothing. Um, I just think the whole interface is ugly. I hate the notches on it. Um, I don't know if all the iPhones still have notches, but I know this one does. Face unlock, I think, is a really stupid thing, which has a lot of problems. That's really even on stupid. Android. Yeah, no, like, I would never use that. It's super easy to unlock someone's phone uh, with like face unlock, even if you're not them. Uh, biggest thing that I do that like is keeping me from upgrading from like the Pixel 4a to the 6a, other than like the headphone jack you know that's a huge thing but there's a fingerprint reader on the back of the 4a that was also on the back of the nexus 6p that i used to have that i can use to unlock the phone and it's just like it's so easy and so quick but they took that out on the new pixels like they have like the on-screen thumbprint reader yeah i was gonna which okay yeah a lot of people are saying it's slower and you like people will have like their right thumb registered as the unlock but they can still use their left thumb to unlock it so it's like okay how secure really is this at the end of the day yeah that's actually i've cool. i've never been able to do i have the on-screen one on my one plus and i've never been able to use my other thumb it's always been my right thumb i can't the left one just will not open it no matter what i will say though one funny thing is if you um so with your OnePlus, if you try to, uh, if you fail the attempts, like a lot of times, and I don't know how many times, it might be like 10 times, the phone will do like a fucking screech, like, like as if someone's like trying to like either stolen your phone or like is trying to break in, but it's like really, really piercing and like annoying. And I, uh, I, I happened to find that out because I was like walking around uh, my dad's backyard and my, my phone was in my pocket and, you know, just the, the virtue of the heat of something was like pressing the buttons and it started screeching out of nowhere. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that must be what that is. Uh, going to make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> so that's, that's another f great phone thing. Yeah, there. phones are stupid, man. Yeah. yeah, man, they are. Anyway, I'm going to do it because we haven't done it yet. But... <laughs> this is weekly drive-by. Just just weekly drive-by. The phones are stupid this... edition. <laughs> the phones are stupid edition. Man, did you hear about uh, the first exciting phone that I've seen in a long time? It's called the Nothing Phone. No, I already fuck. I I thought I think I brought this up to you. Not not the nothing phone, but the light phone, where it's just like That's texts it. and shit. Yeah, I fucking brought that up, and it's like three hundred fifty bucks for a pager. Oh wait, we might let's be see. talking about something different. Then this is called the nothing phone. It has lights on the back. Okay, let's let's. let's uh, see, this is where I was like kind of somewhat interested. Is like when they're when they're reinventing the phone, like when they're actually right. trying. So, okay, so... It's you know. founded... The company was founded by the OnePlus guy. 
okay, possibly good. It's got a good battery, which is like the entire reason that the OnePlus got any popularity. It's that, you know, it had a really good CPU and a really good battery and the camera was kind of crap, but so, so what's, what's, what, tell me about this phone. So this is like, it got me excited in phones again, or at least in this phone, because something you see with like a lot of like phone reviewers or even like PC reviewers or something is people have this just fucking ridiculous obsession with specs. Oh yeah. Like they're running all these like benchmarks and shit on their phone. Yeah. And given all these like huge numbers that I honestly, I don't know. No one cares about (laughs) zero people care about like this is what they're like rating phones and like CPUs and shit based on when it's like even like big increases in benchmark scores generally do not mean like a particularly noticeable like difference in user experience, you know? So no. Yeah. One of the things that people are like shitting on the nothing phone for was like, Oh, it's, you know, the benchmarks are not that great. Like it, it's not as fast or as quick or as snappy as like these other phones, blah, 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 blah. Even for the price range, like these specs are not that good or whatever. It's like, I don't fucking care, dude. Like I just use this to like go on the internet and shit. Like this is not a big deal to 99% of people. Oh yeah. Uh, so like if I see a phone with like, as long as it's not like fucking like 2017 tier shit or something like that. Like as long as it's relatively current, I don't, I don't really care what the specs are. So what got me interested in this phone is that it's got decent specs, uh, does probably whatever you would expect it to do as a phone, but it has this like the design on the back of it. Uh, they call it the glyph that can light up in all these different ways to notify you of whatever different thing or just to just for fun i guess so it's really gimmicky it's really fucking gimmicky but i would rather have in like today's android world i would rather have a gimmicky phone that is doing something different than the fucking same ass basic shit that's just doing all the same things maybe like one millisecond faster than something else yeah, yeah. I'm trying to see what the gimmick is on this because, like, I can see the lights on the back. It like makes a, you know, it it's you know, it's got the circle, it's got the exclamation mark, it's got the C around the camera, and it's got a light on top. But like, what's what's the what's the thing? Like, it's just got unique caller ID. Like, what is it? Tell like, sell me on this. What yeah, is this? I, I mean, I don't know if it's like I'm sure it does more than like caller ID, like it can alert you to to like different types of notifications and you can program it to go in like different colors for different things. And I think you can even enable some different patterns on it, but that's basically all there is. This is like, Like um, this is just using lights to indicate certain things. Exactly. I'm, uh, I I flipped to the, the two out of four on their site that says, uh, that says calls Pair individual contracts to ring contacts to ringtones, each with a unique glyph pattern. My man, has this not been done before? Not the glyph. I don't pattern, think it has. Light, not the light patterns, but dude, the contacts. The, the fucking okay, yeah, that's pair that's... ringtones. Like, bruh, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> you are a little late on this. 
So yeah, I mean, it's... notifications. I mean, like, can you um? So what's it say? Like, filter messages and emails from calls. Notification lights dim for less disturbance. Check battery status. Okay. Flip phone. I suppose. I mean, like, some of this looks kind of cool. It's, yeah, so at it's at least nothing... something different. So it's a so it's an Android with no with you know it's kind of similar to the OnePlus, where it's just Android with very 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 bare bones everything installed on it. Which honestly, my OnePlus, I think around five to six was like probably good for like their you know number one like peak. They probably peaked there, and then like seven and afterwards, like they're just like okay, we're just gonna be another name. And T-Mobile's, you know, gonna make us do whatever we want, whatever they want. So, honestly, I feel like that's how every kind of big cell cell phone manufacturer has kind of done things. Like the the first four or five generations, or something, maybe even six. I guess there's like noticeable improvements, and then after that, it's all just kind of like, well, we're, we're that's it. We're all at ideas. That's all we had. Uh, but you're going to buy us again, right? Like, I still think the iPhone 4 is the best looking phone that has ever existed. The iPhone 4? Yeah, the yeah, iPhone some 4. Those, you know, I think around iPhone 3 to iPhone 6, anywhere in there, like, was pretty good. Except when it was at 5 when they made the, the screen taller. Yeah, because that was after Jobs died. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say that's like when all the memes of people making really massive iPhones, you know, the iPhone 12, and it's like 12 uh, rows of, of shit. Yeah. So this open. Th- I'm looking at. I'm looking through this site. So this open thing. It's an open invitation. Control third-party products from quick settings as easily as nothing ones. Uh, starting with Tesla. Wait, what <laughs> are you looking at? Uh, like the second thing on their site, like, uh, I don't know, freaking you have to go down to the nothing OS and, Wait, uh, this is on the nothing phone site. Yeah. And then you like, and then you like kind of drag through them. Like, I don't know. You have to drag through them like right to left and it says perfected open speed and then NFTs. I have not gotten to oh, that, but I'm going yeah, to need yeah. to see what that is. Um, so it says turn on AC, you know. So this is just a really, it's just a control. Like they're trying to make it a, a very, very, very slim control panel. So that I mean, that's that's fine. I I, I would like this, you know, where it's just the settings that kind of makes it look more Linuxy. So let's go to okay, speed, power. I've I've heard from other people that eh, maybe not so much. It's, it's slow, you know. They're saying oh, the specs are only four hundred micro versions instead of 5,000 or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Uh, yeah. So, wait, the rest are... Fr- <laughs> Power delivered where you needed smart software that learns from your usage. Most used apps load super fast. The rest are frozen to conserve power. What What did he like mean that. by this? Don't you just like fucking... Like that. Apple doesn't like that? No, I said I don't like that. Why don't you like that? What I feel like, how much power do I need to conserve on my phone? At the well, end of the with day? this phone, you might need to conserve power. <laughs> I don't. I don't do much on it. Like, yeah, it's it's just a functional device for the most part. Like, if you're making a like a a phone for, I guess the whatever 
weird ass no life people love to have their gaming phones or whatever if you're doing that then okay sure you might need to worry about power consumption but just for if you're trying to like get a phone to just like regular people who just want something that does basic shit i don't i'm not doing anything on it i don't need you to conserve power for me just unless i tell you to do it don't do things without me telling you to do it that's what i want from like all my technology honestly don't do anything unless i tell you to do it I completely agree, man. So these NFTs, collecting NFTs, show them off in five different sizes, which is what. So I, what is the criteria for picking the sizes of which you can show off your NFTs? Do you, you know what, you know what? Imagine this: you're at a bar, okay, see a girl. and you say, "I've got my funky monkey NFT." <laughs> monkey, monkeys. <laughs> that i honestly i think that kind of thing is just some like they needed like funding for the phone so they're like you know we'll get some funding from the, the nft guys they're willing to throw money at anything i'm dead serious i think in, i think in a year or two i'm going to start i post ironically showing off nfts please don't <laughs> I mean, they're going to be worth nothing. So I can buy them for like, you know, five cents or like a dollar or something. And it's like, hey, you want to see this JPEG I bought? <laughs> the fucking bullshit is I was looking this up a while ago and you probably know more about this than I do since you follow this kind of thing more closely. But I was kind of wondering, like, what is even. Like, I could explain to someone what like a non-fungible token was at one point, but other than like basic like you can prove you own this photo or something i was yeah. kind of figuring like what what is the use for this like what what actual practical use for this is there and, i think uh, like uh i think there's there's as far as like it's just anything that any certificates you own like any sort of certificates of any sort of artwork like that's that's something that you can do digitally now, right. Well, whether the, it's practical to put it on a digital platform, uh, I think there's also a lot. I think making it digital makes it a lot easier to sell and resell, like pieces of art or certain whatever that you you know want to sell. But I uh, go on. What? No, no, no. You go ahead. Finish that up. Well, I don't. I don't really even like. Uh, that's the whole thing. Is like. I think that it's it allows for a function that serves a very very small like niche interest like you can you can buy any sort of digital media really with uh, and prove that you are a sole owner if it's like a a unique collectible but the the the, the demand is completely artificial it's completely meme you know hyped up artificial like bs it serves one very small purpose and i think there was another purpose that i read about like a, a year plus ago of something with it having to do like where nfts like uh theoretically have some sort of um like purpose in the law aspect like court aspect or something but it was so like far-fetched that i'm like this would just never happen like do you know how like old the shit that they all operate on is like they to, to digitize what they do is just like not a thing that they'll ever do or not for a very long time 
but I mean, that's like the, the purpose of it is that you can prove digital, you could prove ownership and easily resell or, you know, easily market. It's just, you know, it's just making a market for all of that stuff. But right. to, to say that the market is the size that it was a year ago is, I mean, foolish. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say is I don't <laughs> like proof of ownership of art or something like that. That's probably never going to happen because art is actually like one of the easiest ways for people to launder money. Um, there's a there's a podcast that I will shout out because their uh, their episodes are free. It's called The Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, um, and they're uh, they market themselves as conspiracy realists, which is to say like they do a lot of research on like crazy theories and stuff. And they like, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting topics they go over. That's like stuff that you might see as like some kind of dumb conspiracy theory somewhere, but then it's like, Oh no, there's actual evidence to back this up. So I think they do a really good show. They're also based in Atlanta. So shout out to those fellow Southerners. Uh, The thing that I saw though, that I thought was cool about, a practical application for NFTs, which I don't, I would assume if they haven't started doing this now, there's some good reason for it. But the idea of like proof of ownership works really well for something like concert tickets, where you can't have somebody like you, you basically, you eliminate scalpers basically. Like you can't have somebody buying up a bunch of tickets with the intention of reselling them because it's not fungible. So that that seems like a good practical application, but I think I'm saying like if there was some easy way to implement that, it would probably be done by now. Yeah, I think so too, and I think it just uh, I think it relies on people wanting it to get done badly enough that they'll make the entire system of which it will exist in, and a lot of people will not do that. They that is a lot of work. You know, who would that come down to? Would that come down to record labels? Would that come down to concert venues? Uh, concert it's, venues it's, are not going to do it. Record labels no, probably it's, it's, don't. It's bullshit like fucking Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster has no good reason to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. We make a good amount of money by scalpers buying all this shit up. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, literally. No. So it's like just no one is going to be the one to, uh, to do that. Just, just whatever, but. Yeah, and if, I mean, that's just silly. I'm just going to buy Funky Monkeys or fucking Daft Punks or something. I don't even know what, like, the fucking... <laughs> I don't even know what the, uh, the NFTs are. People just, like, people just, like, make a thousand of whatever and then just throw it out there, and I don't how know how it creates value, honestly. So... It's, it's like, no, it's all just, like, speculation. Like, there's, there's no, like... It's maybe this picture of a monkey will be worth something in 10 years and i'm sure you know i'll contradict myself here man i'm sure there's there's some kind of money laundering going on with that kind of thing like there there can't not be that oh yeah no i mean i think that's i think that's probably accurate i mean why would you assume that there isn't i mean it's an easy way to to just throw stuff out there and I think uh, now with a lot of the oversight that's probably going to come in in the future from from the the the, the nice government that uh, probably just going to go back to doing it in dollars because you know you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, 
But we listened. We listened to an album. We did. I listened to an album. I so did. You, I listened to it right before the show. I uh, gotta gotta ask why? Why do people live outside? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were making a joke about the album because that was. <laughs> oh, you were okay. Yeah, I was saying, why do people live outside? And I gotta say it first. I took that as like a, I was, I took that in the same vein as a, why did put the dick in a pussy? But then, then I like listen more. I'm like, oh yeah, he's doing, he's doing a politics. He's doing a, a human nature sort of thing. You got, you got right into like my my big point about this album. So this this is an album by a band called chat pile that uh it's called god's country came out uh, a couple of days ago yeah it was, uh, came out really recent week. oh shit was it july 29th yeah literally a couple of days ago like friday yeah i think friday um, yeah came out friday uh on the flenser records which i know for uh I know them for Have a Nice Life, but apparently um, they've had some black metal bands like Botanist, Def Heaven, Bostonage on there. Um, Imagine being the guys uh, that run this record label. You, that's, a, that's a lot of work. That's a big job. For you. There's um, a lot of personalities to manage. Yeah, well, I don't know if any of those guys are really like personalities. I, I haven't heard any stories about any of them. I just figured, yeah, but what were you going to say? Yeah, so album, Chat Pile, God's Country, July 29th, 2022. Genres primarily are noise rock and sludge metal. And uh, this band I'd actually kind of been interested in for a while, but had not actually listened to until today because uh, they've got some good scores on RYM for like everything they've done so far. They're a pretty recent band. I think their first release, let me uh, look it up to make sure, but I want to say it was around 2019. Um, I'm going on their RYM page right now. Their first release, yeah, an EP called This Dungeon Earth. Got a 3.56, 2019. Their second EP, Remove Your Skin, Please. Uh, it's got a 3.68, 2019. It's bolded. Uh, they have a split EP from 2021, but their most recent release is this God's Country album 22, 2022. Uh, only reason it's not bolded yet is because the charts haven't updated, but right now it's sitting at a 3.87 from about 1,450 reviews. So it's going to be bolded next time the charts update. And um, uh, you rated it already. I see your rating. I haven't rated it yet. I'm probably going to give it like another listen or so. They're probably going to go back and get to all their other stuff. I rated it actually I because I rated their last EP. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I found that out. I found that out uh, just a bit ago. But it sounded okay. like somewhat familiar. I'm like, this is that one band I listened to one time at the gym. And uh, this album ended up being the album that I listened to at the gym. And uh, pretty good album until I heard that line. And I was thinking it in the same vein. And I started laughing. But then I like I was like, oh, it's serious. <laughs> I I was gonna say, um, I think 
this and also that like uh i don't know if it's daughter or daughters those are two very different artists and i can't remember which is which but that noise rock album uh, that's called you won't get what you want or whatever yeah between that and this chat pile album i think rym is just like so desperate for like heavy guitar music that uh anything that has that aesthetic and has like even vague like somewhat vaguely left of center politics it's it's a masterpiece on that side it's oh absolutely yeah no 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 they're gonna they're gonna they're going to drain that yeah 3.7 plus and you can't say anything bad about it no seriously i i I completely agree. I think like what you were describing, you know, if it's the heavy guitars, I'm like, these are just pedal settings. Like there's, there's nothing that's like super, um, well, like I'm like, these are just pedal settings. Like someone just messed with pedals for, for a couple, uh, for a good 20 and 30 minutes. They got a, they got the bass on there. Bass is pretty strong. I think the bass is really strong through like most of these songs. And it that's is, yeah. that's what's carrying like a lot of this stuff. Uh, my favorite song was probably Pamela. And I Same. think number two was Tropical Beaches. And then I'm going to be honest, anywhere. Cut. Not good. It's not good. Really? Nope. Nope. I, and I'm reading and I read the comments, too. And I'm like, seriously, they're, they're, they're going crazy about this song. Like, nope, it's too slow. It's too nothing. It's too, uh, you know, Pamela. It's, it's just it's just better. Tropical Beaches. Fucking good song. A lot of good vocals on that. A lot of good feels. Not not that it's more of a jam song, but it's just like not uh, it, it's not directionless. And I, it, Anywhere is just like going anywhere man it's just going anywhere Doug, what if that's the point it's bad because it's good <laughs> <laughs> i said it the no. other way around but i don't care it's <laughs> more appropriate no i actually uh Pamela is definitely the one that stood out for me i think that's the best song after the one listen i gave it um but I also really did like Anywhere, too. It, it made me, both of those songs, I had the same feeling with those where it makes me, like, kind of wish they dug a little bit more into that, like, intersection between sludge metal and, like, the sort of uh, 90s Northwest post-hardcore sound because I got big Jesus Lizard vibes from Pamela, definitely. Yeah. Um, a little bit less so from anywhere but it was still there uh but then i also started thinking like okay wait maybe just like melvin's already did all that so it's like why do it again um, good band good band i need to listen to more of their stuff yeah but good band uh why was still like i i started laughing when i was listening to that song it's like i get it and i agree with it like i legitimately agree with it yeah but it just made me think of like this drunken rant i went on years ago about like Dog, like, why are there starving kids? Ah, oh, it's so terrible. Ah. <laughs> like, it just, it just brought me back to that exact moment um, where it's just like, I get ranting about it, but like, I, I don't want to listen to that in music. I, 
there's no it escape. just sounds there's like no very escape. much <laughs> you cannot just listen to music and have it be music it has to have a message I'm, I'm not even opposed to the idea of like music having a message i just think like there's a there's a phrasing for your drunken rants about why the world sucks which should not transition into your like sludge metal noise rock album you know like I, I don't have time for this when I'm just trying to listen to some heavy shit. I completely agree. That's like kind of almost all of what I was going to say is that I'm fine with it. And I agree with the message and it's just like, I'm trying to work out and you're like telling me about homelessness, like fuck <laughs> off. just fuck off. I just want to, you know, I just, the thing is, is like, I really liked, uh, I liked slaughterhouse as a song and, uh, I liked it's it I liked the vocal style of the singer a lot, which is why when I heard, you know, the when I heard exactly like what it was about, I'm just like, Yeah, come on, man. Just come on, man. You don't have to do this. I know this this is like their art piece and this is gonna be this is probably gonna get like a like a nine point four on pitchfork because of all this. <laughs> I just like come on stop just please please just make something so i uh but yeah i thought the, i thought the vocal style on pamela was really really good i thought he did the i think he did the muttering singing uh for that really really well and um tropical beaches was really good mask like mask was like eh definitely a drop off from tropical beaches and i thought the i thought the play out which i don't know why is he why is he making uh why is he doing that the whole the whole write out the album or no the song title in like the form of a file name like that was that was it's my a thing. fucking meme dude. that was it's my god thing. damn it i was so mad i the note i took on my phone is that this is the last song is meme metal like this is fucking <laughs> stupid it's absolutely fucking stupid no respect for that uh-huh it's a fucking the title is like grimace smoking weed dot jpeg which i've seen that image before i feel like i don't maybe it is a new thing that like they came up with uh that's what like most of the google results for it are is like a reference to the album but at the same time like the lyrics are like oh purple man go away like fucking stop just stop I gotta say, uh, I think this is the second, like, uh, the second, like, nihilistic, I, I can't even, I can't describe what the, the word for it is, but it's like this nihilistic, very clear male vocal, but the male vocal is, like, um, not deep or, or high-pitched, and the, and the vocal style is very authentic and honest. But it's like this dark nihilistic shades of anti-American and like that's just what Black Country New Road is. But this is sludge metal instead. So Fuck, you're right. That's what I'm that's what I like literally thought of. I'm like, you know, I think people are really gonna cling on to that other stuff that's getting really popular. And I'm like, I like the songs for what it's worth. But these guys gotta get it their own angle. You know, there's 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 already these angles, and honestly, I could see it because all the people that go, that are going to go to these concerts 
they're all the regular people that are going to be going to all these concerts. They're the same people that are going to be seeing each other at all these concerts for all of these bands, which play very close to the same music, but the the genres are different. The messages are all the same. That's my, that's, that's that's, my mic drop. That's my mic drop. That's a good one. Uh, that's the same shit I've been saying about how, like, I feel like the underground kind of, or at least as far as like <laughs> rock and metal me? and guitar. Uh, <laughs> that's the grimace smoking. Sorry, what were you saying? Um, that's what I've been saying. Like when I focus in on like Nirvana, uh, my opinion on them, I, I like their music, but like culturally what I see them to mean is like, that's where the underground died. That's where like, every like bit of not every but like all these disparate disparate i don't know how to say the word all these disparate influences of like underground guitar music kind of concentrated in one place but got combined with pop music that ends up becoming nirvana and that's where like the whole idea of the underground is with regards to rock and metal kind of died where okay maybe there's like underground metal still but it's just basically like fucking shit tier black metal bands recording in a garage somewhere where yeah, like oh you can be like the true cult listener if you get into it but it's like you've heard that shit 10,000 times before already and there's nothing interesting about it and you're you're honestly a fucking poser if you listen to that kind of shit and uh, you know adopt that whole aesthetic just for having that aesthetic you're a fucking poser you're a fucking loser you should fucking jump off a bridge how did you make it through that entire speech without saying the word derivative? That's the I word you were looking that, for. That is the word I it's was just, looking it's for. Just, Everything's... It's, they're all derivatives of derivatives. and uh... They're all fucking fifth derivatives, dude. They're all fucking uh, <laughs> snap crackles and pops and shit, man. That's what it is, man. So that's, what are your, what are your thoughts? What are your final thoughts on this? Like, if you were going to rate it, what were you going to rate it? first listen i mean it's a, it's like a decent album it's better than the last one we listened to um but i was maybe it's because i was like kind of hyped seeing these genre attacks which is why like for listeners who don't know we started this week uh picking a few albums and then voting on them and averaging that vote to decide which one to listen to and this one we both picked as like the number one thing we wanted to listen to and maybe I was a little overhyped for it, but I just, it just felt like an album. Like I liked the sound, but that's kind of all. And I, I love their, like their whole uh, artwork aesthetic. Like it seems like they kind of use the same format for all their album artworks. Uh, like it's this sort of a, uh, almost like a pastel colored border with uh, their logo at the top, the album title below that, and then a picture embedded in that. Um, and I think that's a pretty, that's like a pretty cool format to do it. And like, I love their artwork. Uh, but uh, as far as like, you know, just taking it on the music, I'd probably, I'd, I'd, give it the same score you did i'd give it a three out of five like yeah um it's a good listen it was worth the time i caught myself nodding my head at, at a few different points but overall like do i think this is something that that i'm gonna come back to or that i would recommend to 
other people necessarily. Nah, it's it's a uh, it's very. I don't want to use the word ephemeral because people tend to use that with regards to like shoegaze and dream pop, but in the literal sense, this is, this feels very ephemeral. Like it's something that's here one day and it's gone the next and nobody needs to remember it. I'm going to remember two songs. I'll probably listen to Pamela every now and then I'll probably get it. Like when I make a playlist of like those, those down, like uh, really uh, there's a better word than course, but just, um, really unorganized and like the unorganized nihilist of just uh like that would go into that playlist like it, it's definitely worth getting into that one um just, i, I uh, guess but at the same playlist. time when i'm thinking about it now at least i'm like why would i not just go listen to like monkey trick by jesus lizard because i fucking love that song I mean, it's like filler between Monkey Trick and like another, good, another like, really, really good song. but it's like the, it's like the, the you know, you got to keep it going up and down. You can't listen to all the good stuff in a row. It's like the, got to throw some stuff in there. I mean, that would be one of those songs and I'm fine with admitting that, but like it's, it was, it, it would be good enough to get into that playlist. If I, yeah, if I was like listening to stuff that had to fit like that specific vibe, it would get in there, but Otherwise, I don't know. I don't think I even like that song enough for it to pop up in a random playlist or something. Yeah. I'd say Tropical Beaches would get into a playlist. I just don't know of a specific one yet. But I like that song, too. I mean, I gave it a three. I mean, there's 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 more like uh, just like individual songs that I like on this album than I don't like. But just the ones that I don't like and the other added stuff like as an album, I'm writing it as an album. Um and it's it's just like okay like it's it's just decent enough like what you said it's uh it's a good for a listen but as an album now i will not be listening to this as an album anymore now and this is what passes for like great guitar music on this fucking shit stain of a website man it, it fucking bums <laughs> me out i used to, i i'm actually kind of upset that i used to like half defend the 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 foil of like what you when you would call it a shit stain website but no this is a shit stain website like <laughs> this the, the the rating the curve for this being centered at four and having more 4.5s than 3.5s is uh frankly very embarrassing I, I i really don't know why that's that's the case but i wanted to say that i did bring out a comment or a yeah it was a comment not a reviewer that i found that i chuckled at it's from uh, Worst Case Ontario, which I think is a fairly active RYMer, and uh, he left a comment the day that it released saying, in all caps, "Why do people have to leave reviews? Why?" <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one was like an actually good comment amidst all the other like just really generic like text message bullshit, but. Uh, that was a good one that I liked. So that's that's what I'm picking from that. All right. Well, I'm picking uh, what I'm just seeing right now is from uh, Moses Malone, the comment that uh, this user left uh, what was a couple of hours ago, I'm guessing. I, 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 fucking GMT. I haven't figured out how to reformat RYM's time zones thing what? for like my time. Mine's so I'm only seeing things. In central. Wait, why is mine in central? That doesn't make any sense. Ooh, wait. What what sort of sorcery have you picked 
to do this because oh. I have my location in Birmingham and it's still showing me GMT time. I was going to say, like, that's what I like first went to. I have no idea. Okay, uh, but you go on and explain if I find it. Oh, I know. 20, 2143 GMT. Moses Malone says, love how it's impossible to appreciate wise message and still think the song is atrocious. Uh, I'm replying to that right now saying, uh, it's actually not. I completely agree with the message, but the song is verifiably atrocious. <laughs> yeah, that's a good comment. I kind of I agree with him. I um I don't think it's atrocious. It's just like eh, well, I mean I like the fucking style. nothing happens in that song. The nothing style. happens. It's just, oh, here's my shitty fucking basic riff. Why do people got love that song? I hate it. I now officially hate you it. You know what? I think you're right. I think it is just kind of it's just like it's 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 just speaking. It's just speaking like the, your message. There's ways to like express that idea in a song without just saying it over and over again. Because <laughs> I, I, I can do that on my own. I can just You're fucking so say, fucking why do people got to live outside? Why do people got to live on the street? I don't want to live on the street. That's fucking... I can do that. I don't need you to do that for me. I don't want you to do it for me. You're so fucking mad right now. <laughs> God damn, man. You're so fucking mad right now. <laughs> My headphones just died, too. So. I was going to say, like, I thought you, like, I thought you, like, were moving your arms and, like, something unplugged, but, like, lol, what plugs anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I got I got some, some wired ones to plug in over here. Anyway, you want to transition us to a new topic while I get this settled? <laughs> I got to say, there's a... <laughs> That the fucking grimace smoking that reminds me of a reminds me of a, a very very old uh oh shit yeah there's the one of him fucking drinking <laughs> drinking the fucking purple the the drinking lean it just says I'm a grip and sip <laughs> you know what maybe that's why I felt like I had seen that grimace smoking weed meme before is because I was thinking of that grimace sipping lean meme. And they're just fucking real. They're not even original. They're just reappropriating old memes. Yeah. I, you know, at some point, SpongeBob is going to wear out. It's like wear out his thing. Like, we'll get rid of that. I hope. I hope anyway. Stupid kids have to make their own dumb new memes. Uh, I'm going to find a new topic. <laughs> You're fucking so mad. We got to find one that'll make you not upset. <laughs> It's, it, it is literally that grimace, sip, and lean meme, but just with a blunt instead of lean. This is fucking stupid. Yeah, it wasn't the grip and sip lean, like, original? Yeah, wasn't that, that, was, first that was years ago. That wow. was fucking years ago. This guy referencing a derivative of, a, of an old, old, ancient meme. What a guy. I hate uh, this. Meme. That's a fucking meme in itself. I'm, I'm, how, do, how do people make do we, it through... How do people who are aware of the fucking, like, even semi-relatively obscure meme culture and shit, how, how, do, how do they make it through the day without being like, I can just jump off a building right now? <laughs> how do they do it? It's such a, like, a, it is such a random thing to just put in, in put into your, uh, 
into your album like as a like that just very random like maybe it's, he's saying that like that just the country is a joke i don't get it it's 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 this fucking like they have to either it's like ironic memes which are even worse than sincere memes in my opinion because it's like oh we're you're trying to do some fucking 90s humor in the 2020s my dude like come on come on it's it's not clever anymore it's done i'm why well, i'm i'm mad about all this shit i completely agree man i get it i got a got a topic right. what do you what do you what do you think about the soprano so far Doug, this is supposed to be the greatest show that's ever happened. This Dude, is what everyone's telling me. Is it is like <laughs> peak, absolute peak television where we're fucking editing in punching noises. <laughs> Edits are really bad sometimes. Those, those, there are like, there are very, very, um, there's a number of, of those editing, like from really, really old TV or something. And I can't give any away, but there's at least two or three other times from from where I am to where you are that I was just like, I, I, that's like the most generic MP3 file of like that thing that I have heard in like some other shows. But the thing is, is dude, this was this is 99. So it wasn't like overused at that point already. It was it was definitely overused by then. If you look at, I mean, part of it, I'm sure, just like budget reasons, but I don't think that's an excuse for appraising something as the greatest piece of TV cinema ever made. Like the fucking lip syncing when uh, the daughter is singing for the choir in like the third or fourth episode or second or third episode or whatever. Yeah. Was the most obvious, like out of place shit I've seen in so long completely brought me out of the plot i'm like am i supposed to believe this and maybe i guess you're right that like in 99 or whatever people were more forgiving of that kind of thing but that's that's the difference between things that stand the test of time and things that don't and i think david simon of course i go back to the wire here david simon's decision to make all of the music in the wire like none of it is overdubbed uh none of it's dubbed over the like film or whatever yeah it's all stuff that's like playing from someone's car or playing in someone's apartment because at least you know maybe they didn't have the budget to do like a lot of fancy stuff but at least that way it still seems realistic whereas with the sopranos i'm not i'm not getting like i'm something is pulling me out of like every episode and i will also say so far four episodes deep uh gandolfini He's amazing. He, I understand every piece of praise that anybody has ever said about him just from these four episodes. Cause I'm like, this guy seems like he's just, it's not just because he seems leagues above every other actor in that show. It's also just, I believe him whenever he's saying anything, he seems like somebody who like understands the craft on such a level where he is that character. Whereas with, I, I don't really get that feeling with anybody else in the show. Everybody else you can replace him. But Gandolfini, absolutely worthy of every piece of praise he's gotten. I would say that I feel that, I feel that at least, I would say one other, per, if you're looking at a, oh shit, I don't know. I, I'm only four episodes in, dog. 
Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think that I, I think there's at least a couple other that are in the show as main characters that are not that are that kind of fit Tony that fit Gandolfini's like level. But I mean, he's just he's really, really, really good. Re- I mean, it's he is so consistent through the seasons. It's really he's so, he, the emotional stuff that he can do that he can pull off is, you know, it, just in that regard, his responsibility in acting in this show is really, really high and he hits all of it. And I, that's, that's just not, that's just not going to end. I, I mean, I can, I could say that much, but like, I think there's some other characters that are, that are definitely not replaceable that are, that are kind of the, the cornerstones of the show. But yeah, I think, uh, I think the, there's a couple, I, I had said that season one, you know, there's a couple spots where it kind of amps up a bit. And aside from that, I, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to, going to drop it. going to drop it. Gonna, no, don't do it. Gonna, don't do it. Don't do it. It's so. Let's do it. You knew it was coming. Yeah, no, you knew it was coming. I, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep going with it. Um, I would also say, kind of echo what you were saying. Like, there's a there's a scene where he starts like crying with he, when he's talking to his therapist, and I love that he doesn't try and like carry it. Talking about Gandolfini, I love that he doesn't try and carry it in like this super over dramatic way. Like it's it comes off kind of cringe, but because that's exactly how it would be if you were an observer looking at it from the inside out. Oh yeah. Like it's not overcooked. It's not like he's the cool tough gangster trying to keep stuff in. Like it's just very much like Yeah, this is how it goes in therapy. <laughs> yeah, especially with someone that's as hard headed as him. But yeah. there's a well, I actually can't even necessarily say some of the things, but you know, you figure you I think my first question when I was watching the show was like, why is he in therapy? This guy would be like, never, this guy would be the total non-therapy type, you know, like this is such a, such a random thing to not really bring up. Yeah. And maybe I guess I'll either understand that more later as the show goes on or they explicitly address it or something. But I guess it's kind of like, why is he there from what I understand so far? It's because he legitimately like, felt like he was going to die a couple of times in panic attacks. And yeah. it's like, okay, you kind of have to do something about it at that point. But yeah, I mean, he even gets on, um, I don't know who the character is, if it's like his son or his nephew. It's not his son. It's somebody who's working for him who kind of mentions offhand that like he had people approach him about like book deals or something like that. Um, if he would talk um and it's when they're at like a barbecue or something early on and you know tony's trying to be like understanding to a point but as soon as this person talks about maybe squealing on stuff he kind of gets more aggressive about it um but either way yeah that and uh the theme song is really good oh yeah theme song's fucking banger that's it i love it i love the the fucking bouncy thing that's yeah that's top 10 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's up there. Um, that's my thoughts on that. But uh, speaking about 
another show. Uh, your favorite show actually just got a release date. Succession? No. No, if you're, you're the show you like even more than uh, Succession. There's no show like that. What are you talking about? Succession's Success. the goat show. It's, it's called uh, Reddit and Normie. No, really? They're yeah, still dude. making that show? Dude, are you not watching it? It's actually good. Like, I, I, I dig some Rick and Morty. You know, I dig it. I dig it as, like, very, very, very casual watching. Did you watch the last season? Uh, was it was the last season four? That's five. So, so they're making episode, They're making season six. Yeah, Holy season six shit. shows up in a month, dude. September fourth. Uh, Rick Mariah Jack. Yeah. Okay. What the fuck? No, this came out last year. No, I definitely did not. I didn't know about it. Until somebody at work told me about it when I was uh, working at the the histology lab over there. All right, uh, I got a question then. Remember, sure. like, season one, two, like, between season one and two, there was, like, there was always, like, a fairly big hiatus in season three. Yeah. Because they, like, said that it takes so much to write the show. Well, mm-hmm. what's what's going what's going on here? So they actually got, like, a big new contract a while ago. I think it was before season five. It was either before season four or before season five. Where they were like, yeah, now it's going to be, it's going to take us you know, we're going to be able to get the new seasons out so quick that we're approved for all these new seasons. So we don't have to like finish one season and wait to see if we're going to get renewed for another season. Uh, but then it still went slow. Um, but it's been a short gap, a relatively short gap between five and six. It took a long time for five. I definitely did not see five. I remember, I remember season four, the last episode with the two bets and him, like he literally does not know which Beth is the real Beth. That was yeah. that was where I hung up. That was a pretty good episode, I gotta say. Yeah, I mean it's a good show. I like it. There's some episodes that are like, again, like this is just stupid, but um, it's a good show. I'm excited for season six. Did you, you gotta see, watch season five, dude? Did you see when um when uh, they released the the trailer for the live action Rick and Morty? I did not, but that sounds horrible. <laughs> Apparently the the Rick. It's supposed to be like really on the on the nose, like like it was like this was the only actor they could have got for this sort of thing. Uh, but but Morty's probably just like some fucking loser, you know. Yeah, I don't know how hard either of us do. Like my sister, she actually uh, she knows or didn't know at some point some guy who. Uh, could do both Rick and Morty very well. Like she had like a Snapchat video of him doing both the voices. And it was like, damn, that's pretty convincing. I'd buy it. Uh, But um, yeah, that's it. I did not know that this was coming out. I should, I probably finally now have something to watch when I'm having like whatever, I guess, lunch ish, sort of like the quick sandwich meal. This is is it. 20 minutes. Yeah, like a good twenty minutes ish sort of thing. Half hours, not half hours, a bit too long. But this, this, that's it. That's it. But a boom. Yeah. Well, that's right. a that's pretty good. I'll definitely, I'll, I'll try to give it a watch. I definitely don't watch Sopranos during those. It's way too fucking long. No, and it's like it's one of those things where you kind of want to pay attention to it. 
So it's not yeah. just like a, oh, I'll turn this on when I got nothing to do. Like there's, there's like some good background TV out there. I still say the best background show I ever watched was the first three seasons, Babylon five. Uh, the last couple of seasons are that I, there's a big plot, like the big enemy that was like hyped up for like the first two or three seasons kind of gets resolved in whatever season after that by uh, somebody just saying like, hey, why can't you guys just get along? And they're like, fuck, dude, why don't we just get along? Cringe. This is the most disappointing TV I've ever watched Cringe. in my life. Cringe. Dropped. <laughs> Dropped. <laughs> But right. um, there are some like long overarching stories throughout the five seasons of that show that I think are are good enough for like you just kind of put on on the background, um, but still kind of pick up on them. But yeah, anyway, keep it. I'll I'll keep it pushing. I'll keep it pushing. Uh, we're moving on. We're talking. We're talking uh some live music right now, and we're not talking about live music that's coming up in the future. We're talking about live music that was in the past that you wish you could have been at. I was gonna so bring gonna, this up. I was gonna pick this one. <laughs> cool. Because I'm gonna start this off by saying I got you know I got three examples here. Uh, first example of a show that I wish I could have been at was a Death Grip show in 2012. Right when they're on that like getting that acclaim for the Money Store and touring for No Love Deep Web. And, you know, that shit comes out out of nowhere because they're like, fuck the label. They're saying we can't release it in the same year, but we're going to do it anyway. And they're just going fucking crazy. dude. They're finally famous enough to get these big crowds. But that's the kind of energy that MC Ride feeds off of. And I think it just would have been like absolute fucking chaos at that kind of show. And it would have been just like the most punk rock thing to have happened in the 2010s was probably a death grip show in 2012 i would say that what you picked the one that you picked is probably dead right i think uh that's probably the peak of just how absolutely stupid nuts that some of those concerts could have been where people are just destroying each other and you know i'd be out there fucking launching people that are like twigs like I would just be, do- I would be doing that. I would be picking them up with both my hands overhead, just launching them, just launching them, you know, just just riots at the show. And it's like I, uh, it's okay because that's what they signed up for. Like that's what if you're if you're in like those front rows at a death grip show in mid late 2012, you're signing up for getting thrown the fuck around and just feeling that like pure primal energy, man. Like I would love to be at that kind of shit. I would say uh, that you know what I will say that the one the song that I like around there is is uh, was no love, but you can't really like. I mean, it would have to be played live like a different way, but that's like such a slower song. I mean, once the beat drops, you can definitely just go crazy. But before that, I don't know. It'd probably be epic. I'm probably just talking on my ass. Like, yeah, Doug, as, as soon as that beat drops, you see one of the craziest mosh pits you've ever seen. I. That's some satanic shit right there. Absolutely. Fucking people moshing in the form of a fucking pentagram, man. Like, that's what it would be like. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Personally, I would, uh, I would pick 
I would pick like one of the one of the many would be a a grunge concert in Seattle that's not Nirvana, but is happening like around the time of Nirvana. Like you see, you brought up Melvin's earlier. Like that's like an easy one that I would oh, love shit. to go to. That'd be that's, a good one. That's like Melvin's. I think is is I would say by far a very very. And this actually, I would say that this doesn't include Nirvana, but like there are of the non-Nirvana uh, grunge bands, I think they would have some of the most these funnest concerts. I mean, Nirvana may have uh, may have been certainly like up there too, but Melvin's like that concert, that live concert's got to be just a f- just insane. I I don't even think Alice in Chains would be. I don't think Alice in Chains would be nearly that fun. I don't. I think Stone Temple Pilots would be kind of fun. Uh, I don't think Pearl Jam would be like this crazy spectacle. I I think Melvins are for people that want to just go and shove people around and listen to some dope music. Yeah, I think like Pearl Jam, like Pearl Jam fans are they're they're like probably too into like classic rock and that kind of stuff to really get wild at a show like that. I think that's the kind of audience that Pearl Jam attracts. Alice in Chains, you know, their whole thing is they were partially named after Guns N' Roses. They were Alice in Chains in the style of like Guns N' Roses. So they're getting a lot of like that kind of, I think they're getting that sort of like hair metal kind of audience too. Even if their music didn't explicitly go after that, I think that's, you know, they were the closest to sort of like hard rock or heavy metal out of the big four grunge bands. I think maybe Soundgarden, but I guess that would probably go to Soundgarden. Alice in Chains was a bit doomier, gloomier, that kind of thing. But I think Melvin's, that's where you're getting all the like fucking antisocial, just don't give a fuck kind of people. Yeah, I think you're right where in that whole Seattle scene, that would be the band to go see. I um trying to think what other like sort of concerts that I would uh I'm guessing like I mean you stole like the easiest one was like the, the early I got a couple more I can get into. You go for then you go for one, yeah. Okay. So another one, this is the like fucking obvious Marcus pick is there are so many things I would give to see a late 80s Sonic Youth show, like post Daydream Nation or when they're touring around Daydream Nation. One of the things that they apparently love to do around that album is like even the shorter songs on it, they would dip out in like these long jams, like these long extended, like total trash style noise jams. Oh yeah. And just to be able to like see them create that in a space where again there's a lot of people there because they're getting more famous around that point they're not like goo famous but it's stage remission like this is the culmination of everything they've been working towards for the better part of a decade to see them like unleash something like uh like a silver rocket to see them like launch into that but just keep it going and like maybe mellow it out like sprawl style but just keep improvising on top of that for like 10 to 15 minutes. I, I would give a lot to see that, man. I would legit probably like cut off a pinky to see that. <laughs> pinky. That's not a big man. Come on. If you're going to cut off a pinky, that's like, you know what? You know, the Aztecs that sacrifice people would be ashamed 
because they know that you don't use your pinky. If you're going to sacrifice a thumb for something you really want, yeah, or the finger, it's got it's got to be a thumb or your index finger because that you need that shit. Okay, all right, I would. I do. Yeah, there you go. Oh no, no, <laughs> exposed. I would think about. I would seriously consider, like, if some like magical spirit came in front of me right now and was like, "I will transport you back to 1989 right now," and nobody would think anything of it. Like, you could, you know, you could wear your own clothes and also it wouldn't be weird to be a black person in 1989 in some sort of realm where maybe it would not have been the best place to be uh, but i'll send you back there and you can experience this show i'd consider cutting off an index finger for it. my left index finger i might do it i give it a uh 40 percent chance that i do it lefties on the ropes lefties, lefties on, the, on rope. the fucking ropes you guys don't <laughs> Why do you guys even exist? We don't need you. Left, lefty hate is like manlet hate. It's not. There's, <laughs> it's, there's no one that's speaking up against it. It's bullshit. Well, I, I actually. Don't, I, I don't know. Like, would a Sonic Youth concert in the late 80s be that bad for like, what do you say? Like a black guy in 1989 or something like that? Probably not for I them. I think that's yeah, like at a concert. And a yeah, big city concert where there's like enough people for it to really go out yeah it probably wouldn't be a big deal you're right i'm thinking uh of all the of all the other stuff that i could think of i would say as my cat goes crazy shit i'm thinking uh i would like to go to a to a new order concert i feel like in the 80s like that would be that would just be a lot of fun like there's a lot of uh there's a lot of like not so like super duper crazy stuff that like I think they would just play really really well live where I would be totally intent on seeing them. New Order is like just one that pops in my head that like I think they probably cannot go wrong and make in the uh, in doing live music because so because so much of their stuff just transitions really really well to to live in concert. Um, if I'm thinking of like a. Maybe something that's like a little closer to. No, sorry. I got, I got, I got two questions about New Order, though. Yeah, what? Uh, question number one. Um, I love the song "Age of Consent," but is that like the groomers' anthem nowadays? And question number two. <laughs> why, uh, why New Order instead of Joy Division? Um, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any real. Uh... I think I've just always liked New Order more. That's fair. I do too. Yeah, I, I just, I just kind of like New Order more. And not to say that, like, you know, they're any super inherently better than Joy Division, but you know, I think they, they are. are. So, like, maybe, maybe. Uh, Same. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, th- I, I think, uh, I think at that point in time that the, I think the New Order concerts probably would have just been more fun too. But the groomer, the groomer question, it, like, come on, we need to, we need to stop, we need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good song. Just people stop thinking so much Dude, into I, it. I actually I love that song. Uh, but I guess I haven't listened to it in a while, but what why is it called Age of Consent? I don't really even know. I don't think the lyrics really get too into it. I would I would say I would say it's specifically for that song. Um, yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, fucking good riff, man. I think uh, 
you know what? It honestly might just be that uh, that like he's he's looking for a girl that's around the age of consent or something, or maybe it's like the age that he's in is like the age, like uh, you know, it's like the era, the era of consent. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I guess part of the way I've heard the song is that like, uh, you know, he's saying in the lyrics something like you don't need to tell me about the birds and the bees, all this kind of thing. So maybe it's either he's a younger guy talking yeah, to wait, what the fuck? girl. This is, is this cool now? Is that good? Uh, I hope so, dude. I wish I could have. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's either he's a young guy into an older girl and trying to be like, okay, you don't need to tell me how this goes. Like, I get it. I'm mature enough to understand this. Like, I, it, I might be underage, but like, I still want you and all this kind of stuff. Or he's talking to an underage girl trying to tell her like, Hey, I get what you're saying here. And I understand all your feelings, but there's an age of consent here and I can't really do this. So I have to turn you down. I feel like just from you bringing it up is that I remember it's the former of those that there's a girl that's hitting on him. That's older and he's younger, but just age of consent as a, you know, it probably, it wasn't like such a, a risky, title back then people just didn't care you know it's just a logical thing but nowadays groomer is like the biggest insult you can toss at somebody i i saw that popping up a lot in the past few months is people calling people groomers or it's like what is this like what what are you even talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh i uh i i don't know i have nothing to add i uh i thought i'm sure it's an innocent song yeah, no, it's it definitely is. I think the one last like a uh, concert that I would go to is just uh is just Stone Rock. There's like a Caius in uh, in like '95 somewhere in California or somewhere in like Arizona. Like that shit would just be pretty like that would be pretty nuts. Yeah, like Arizona or like New Mexico. Yeah, anywhere anywhere in the desert, anywhere in the yeah. southern desert. But like they would probably tour. You know, this would be like a southern california like that's where i would want to listen to this you know you, that would, would just be a freaking insane you'd hack along <laughs> you you would walk into that show and get a contact high in like the first second good good yeah oh, that'd be great you'd be that's... like trying to, like you'd have your joint and you're like trying to pass it next to the person next to you he's like nah bro i got my own <laughs> nah bro i got my own <laughs> just inhales the air <laughs> So that's uh that's what I got. That's that I, I would love to see a freaking hard, actually good stone of rock uh nowadays, but I just feel like it was a it was a very fleeting genre. Yeah. Now we um, got a bunch of depressed zoomers making fucking sad anti-American music. Yeah. There was a the the Queens of the Stone Age guy, he went to uh he did an interview on Joe Rogan a few years back when I used to be a Rogan fan. And um Rogan said something about how like oh you guys are like so original and nobody's doing that sound it's just like your sound it's like bro every stoner rock band is copying Queens of the Stone Age and Caius like two two bands that Josh Allen was involved in like every stoner rock band is copying those two bands it's not an original thing he invented like he was there for like the biggest like and not necessarily maybe even the invention of it but like the biggest development of it he was part of that absolutely but 
it's not an original sound anymore. It's just that it's done better by bands that he's been involved in. I completely agree. This, I mean, that's the, I guess maybe that's kind of what the effect of like what the cause that I was describing is like, just no one ever made anything else different. They copied one or two sounds and it just, just, just declined. I had to listen to Gardenia again, that Kaya song Gardenia. That's a really That's a good song. Great song, man. Oh yeah. Well, goddamn, I gotta. I, I've been meaning to listen to more of their stuff, like from the beginning. I think is their first album. Is it Blues for the Red Sun or something like that? Um, I. That's like maybe their first bolded album. I think they have a couple like albums before that, um, but they're like not rated nearly as high, or they're just not accessible. I. Uh, I know that Blues for the Red Sun was the first album I listened to. I'm not sure if they have any EPs. No, they don't have any EPs. But uh, yeah, they just they just made a few songs and they were just like that. They're like, yeah, we're done. We're out of here. That's good, dude. I appreciate that when artists do that, when they're like, okay, we have our ideas, some super original ideas. We're getting them out. We did it. We're done. That's it. Looks like they looks like a bunch of people like split into different like after bands, but they just they just definitely killed the band from there. There was yeah. one that was formed in 2020 with uh probably garbage with, with the drummer from uh from Caius, at least the drummer, maybe more. No, who the fuck is the drummer from Caius? Come on, man, come on. Wow, wait. Did the drummer? For, he was the drums for Caius, but only for Blues for the Red Sun. So then he made his own like a uh, thing, but he's the guitar and the vocals. And oh my god, one point six seven. No, it's even worse. It's oh, fucking no. like it's it's not even worse. It's like two point seven. Ninety four people have listened to it, and. That's so bad, dude. And the title of the 2021 album was called Stoner's Rule. I hate this guy. You gotta think, like... This guy's a cluck, I gotta say. So, he's a fucking cluck. <laughs> you gotta think, if something... It's sort of like when you see something on um, IMDB, you kind of have to, like, pseudo-normalize their rating. Like, if you see something that has, like, a 7 on IMDb, you're like, okay, this is actually a 5. Yeah. If you see something that has, like, a 2.7 on RYM, you're like, okay, this is actually, like, a 1. Yeah, this is, like, actually <laughs> terrible. This is fucking good. 94 ratings. Everybody that was interested in that better band, he was, even they said, this is not worth our time. There's, like, a bunch of these really small projects that just never took off, or they made, like, one or two things. Yeah, this Brant Bjork guy, he, like, split off into, like, four different bands afterwards, and he was the guitar and the vocals for, like, all of them. That's what, like, half of these, uh... Oh, yeah, I mean, of course, one was Queens of the Stone Age, the only one that's fucking turned into anything. So, yeah, that would be... To, oh, that to wrap artwork is <laughs> garbage. A fucking a Wikipedia image of the barn owl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's bad. That's really bad. Uh, this is a fucking fail. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll get in the last yeah. show that I wish I could have gone to. Uh, this one, you got to take a time machine back to the 1960s for. I wish I could have gone to 
an early 60s Eric Dolphy show. I don't know how much Dolphy you've listened to. He's a he's a jazz guy. He played mainly the alto saxophone, but in a lot of his uh, more famous works, like uh, one that I've given a 5.0 to called Out to Lunch. Yeah. Came out in 64, but was recorded. Oh, recorded in 64. Okay, I thought it was earlier than that. Uh, there are some tracks where he's playing the bass clarinet and some other tracks where he's playing the flute. He was a multi-instrumentalist. There's some video on YouTube where you can see him playing that I think exemplifies why I would kind of want to go see him live. But a lot more of it is... Uh, It's, it's just in the whole, like his whole sound and the ideas that he was advancing at that time. Uh, Dolphy actually has a very terrible story where he died in 64, uh, June 29th, 1964 in Berlin. Um, as the story goes, he was touring in Europe and he passed out on a show. And uh, people who were observing him uh, believed that it was because of a heroin overdose because a lot of guys especially a lot of black guys who were doing jazz at the time were into heroin because they thought it made them play better because i think charlie parker was the first to sort of really advance that he was like the most influential figure in the 50s in jazz by far uh so they thought dolphy was suffering from a heroin overdose they tried to treat it like it was a heroin overdose but he died because it actually wasn't a heroin overdose because actually Dolphy didn't do any drugs. He didn't even drink. He was completely straight edge, but he was diabetic and he was suffering from diabetic shock at the time. So if they would have treated him for that, he would have lived. But because he was a black jazz musician playing in Berlin at the time, they didn't even think about that. They just went with the fact that it was heroin and tried to treat him on that and so he died. That is fucking such a sad story. I mean, I will, uh, from what I know, there, like, like Germany at that time, so this is the 70s? This is the 60s. Yeah, so Germany in the 60s in Berlin was, so here's the question. Was that considered East Germany still at that point? I want to say it was. That's a good, I, I want to say it was. Yeah, I want to say it was. Like, it wasn't it like late 60s or early 70s that it wasn't. Like, I'm going to, if I ever make a song, uh, if I ever make any kind of music, I'm going to make a song called Berlin 1964. That's kind of like the, uh, the hall in 1945. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's got to be the fall of the Berlin Wall. Like that's that's the that's like the date that you use, which I think is in the eighties. And like Berlin 80s. Wall was up from sixty one to eighty nine. Yeah, but I so, don't know what. I guess okay. So West Berlin was what they called the. Uh, no West. Oh shit! But Berlin was split too. Fuck. Yeah, Why so West Berlin was. I think West Berlin, I guess, was the uh, Allied territory, and or the. I can't, you can't even use allied for that. Uh, the fucking, the, the capitalist territory, whereas East Berlin was the communist territory. So, I, I guess he could have been in West Berlin, maybe. 
I forgot. It doesn't, I, yeah, fuck. It doesn't say. It just says he died in Berlin. It doesn't say whether it was West Berlin or East Berlin. I was going to... Oh, God damn it. The whole reason I asked was because I knew that, like, uh, like East Germany and, like, medically, they were not good. They were, like, like East Germany, like, was not a good place to be when it was Soviet-owned. And, uh, like, because I forgot that Berlin was split, too. But, um... I if he I I would be shocked if they even could treat him because they they were just not adept at anything really I mean medically too at that time because of just all of the all of the mess that was going on you know with the whole we're air dropping food to to them because we literally can't do it otherwise um, so like how are they gonna know how to really treat but I mean, do you know that they just thought that it was heroin because he was black or something? Well, like, I'm I'm looking at it uh, on the Wikipedia page right now. Our favorite CIA back source of information. Um, it says there are conflicting reports on it. Um, the liner notes to the complete prestige recordings box set say that Dolphy collapsed in his hotel room in Berlin and was brought to the hospital. When, when brought to the hospital, he was diagnosed as being in diabetic coma. After being administered a shot of insulin, he lapsed into insulin shock and died. A later documentary and liner notes dispute this, saying Dolphy collapsed on stage in Berlin and was brought to a hospital. The attending hospital physicians did not know that Dolphy was a diabetic and decided on a stereotypical view of jazz musicians related to substance abuse that he had overdosed on drugs. He was left in a hospital bed for the drugs to run their course. Unbeknownst to doctors, Dolphy was a teetotaler who didn't smoke cigarettes or take drugs. Uh, Ted Curson, who is another jazz musician, uh, says, that really broke me up when Eric got sick on that date in Berlin and him being black and a jazz musician, they thought he was a junkie. Eric didn't use any drugs. He was a diabetic. All All they had to do was take a blood test and they would have found that out. So he died from nothing. They gave him some detox stuff and he died and nobody ever went into that club in Berlin again. That was the end of that club. That's so messed up. That's like, that's, that's a really, really, really messed up there. Hey, you, you kind of fucked up killing off one of the most talented jazz musicians of the 60s. So would you have <laughs> wanted to be at that specific concert? Not that one, no. There's a recording you can find it's called live at the five spot uh he's not um i think it actually when it came out it was issued under somebody else's name but nowadays because we know dolphy so much it gets reissued under his name i want to say it's live at the five spot volume one yep or at the five spot volume one there's a song called fire waltz on there it's recorded in 61 um it was a take on a song that's recorded on record under mal waldron uh, on his album the quest called firewalls i've listened to that version too it's not as good as this live version this one's one of those ones where you get to like it's the first track on the album you could even hear early on somebody like kind of coughing for a little bit and he goes marijuana wrong <laughs> then they start playing <laughs> that's, a good that's a pretty funny one but that's one of my favorite Dolphy solos of all time to the point where it's like a 14 minute long song. And uh, 
Dolphy goes on this long extended solo at the beginning. I don't know how many minutes it goes on, but like basically after he's done, it's like, I'm not really even interested in the song anymore. Like he's just so far ahead of what everybody else is doing in that band at the time. And even compared to what people are doing today, he's one of those guys that just like, you know, sometimes in a genre, there's like right place, right time kind of thing, but people are still experimenting. But they haven't gone so far to the point where like the experimentation takes over. Like they're still rooted in some kind of form. Yeah. They're not just throwing all the rules to the wind. They're still like conscious of what the rules are, but selectively breaking them almost in a Picasso kind of way. I think that's the most interesting stuff in any genre. And Dolphy is the guy that really exemplifies that in terms of like 60s post pop jazz. Like he's still had all that even on out to lunch which some people will classify as a free jazz album because some parts it is but it's really not because he's still rooted in bebop form that's like the perfect one where like he has these conscious ideas of what the form is but he's subverting it and breaking it in all these interesting ways that i think that makes that one of my favorite albums of all time so i would love to be at that kind of show to see him like break those rules in person but still stay committed enough to the form to the point where he doesn't lose you you know it's not just like lost in abstraction you can still follow everything but that just makes you more aware of all the crazy shit he's doing kind of like what some of the stuff coltrane was doing in the early 60s but on another level i feel like this entire like that entire like i don't even know how you define it as an era but you know i don't know if you can with years but the entire you know jazz like like the jazz explosion during that general time i don't i don't know if it starts at the fi- it's like 1950 or or something but um god i hear i've i've always like uh heard in passing all of like the chicago and detroit um jazz players that were that were just like like really 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 good through through the very like you know my grandparents' time like early in their time they were you know talking about how how just insane that jazz was at the time and how it was like just a like intertwined in the fabric of life that some of those shows have got to be really good like any of the and that's a that's a really specific one that you picked out and it's it's any of those I mean I would love to just go and sit at those because I feel like it's underappreciated. You know, people talk about, Oh, I don't like the music of today, but I'm sure that there's plenty, like there's definitely some of the smaller jazz like shows in certain cities that get a, get at least some small following that it's still around you, but it's just a, it's gotta be in a certain setting, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know some of the hotbeds for jazz today are basically, like London and LA. Yeah. Those are the only two places that I know that are like really producing a lot of, uh, not even necessarily a lot of, but like enough jazz musicians to where it's not just like conventional stuff. It's like still people who are kind of playing around with those rules, uh, but there's enough of them to where it's noteworthy. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, there's probably a lot of them in Chicago, probably a lot in New York, too. Um, You've missed one. You've missed one. 
and you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. when I tell you what it is because it's uh there it's kind of somewhat unique, but uh, forgot New Orleans. I mean, that's the thing. I don't. I feel like that's not like. I, I mean, you could say that's not proper jazz if you no, really no, want I, to. I wouldn't say that, but I think that's one of those places that might be like stuck in tradition. You know, where they're like, okay, this is where things all came together, so we have to keep it that way here. Like when I went Maybe. to New Orleans, that was the kind of vibe that I got there was that like they wanted to preserve the tradition, which I understand completely, but it's difficult um, when so many other people are not only like even not necessarily preserving it, but moving it forward. You know, sometimes I think about an essay that a, a very uh, popular at the time lefty philosopher named Theodore Adorno or Tedor Adorno, if you want to be, you know, precise about it. Um, he wrote this in either the 30s or the 20s. He wrote an essay that was very critical of jazz because his opinion, like his analysis of it was that even the the solos, even what people are like supposing is the freedom in this genre are conformant to these harmonic rules. And it is something that like you would see in jazz around that time is that, you know, even what a lot of people were improvising with, with regards to the solos was stuff that was built around these harmonies. Like they weren't getting outside of them. And that is, you know, characteristic of early jazz is that it was something where that's basically what they were doing. They were taking these harmonies and they were applying these rhythms to them and they were improvising inside of those harmonies. But, you know, Adorno couldn't see the future, so he couldn't see what was happening in the 50s and the 60s where people decide to completely abandon those harmonies. So that's the kind of idea that I think of in places that are trying to preserve that earlier jazz tradition is they want that they want too much structure. I think that's sort of the idea that I got from New Orleans jazz. They want to keep too much structure. They're not willing to let go of structure to see what comes out of that. Do you think that, uh, that it's, do you think that it is ironic? No, I mean that like they kind of celebrate the, the freedom that spurred their kind of neck of the woods. Um, like from, from whatever you, some may consider like proper core line jazz. And then like, it's, you know, the same other side of the coin, like if you tried to play anything that wasn't their specific freedom off branch in the city, then you're, you're going to get shunned or something, or you're just not going to get like as popular. You're not going to get the crowds. You're not going to get the, the live shows and stuff. I don't think it's ironic from a historical perspective from the people who are like holding on to that, because I can understand wanting to Fuck it, you know, I'll, I'll sound like a conservative here where I'll say I can understand wanting your traditions to be preserved. Like I can understand wanting you to, or people wanting to hold those traditions to make sure they don't get corrupted from outside influence or something like that. Like I understand that. I don't think it's ironic to look back on it and be like, oh, actually you were really fucking wrong. Even though actually they were really fucking wrong. <laughs> but I think it's ironic for an intellectual like Adorno to look at it and say oh there's not really any freedom here without even considering the potential for 
the rules within that freedom to be subversive, especially when it's somebody like Adorno who is very centered on ideas of like liberation and shit like that. Like, I think it is very ironic that he ends up being proven wrong. So I don't, I'm not going to knock the people of New Orleans for like, you know, doing what they do, but I am absolutely going to knock this like advanced, enlightened, fucking intellectual philosopher for not considering basic shit like that. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I got to say on that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, do you want to do like one more like short topic? Like short-ish? I don't know. What What did you, uh, you have some like work bullshit? Or what did you want to do something else like specifically? I, I got the work bullshit. I can do the work bullshit. Um, one of the things I've noticed working in office after working in some labs for a couple of years is there's this obsession with projects. I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? It's that like every little thing is a project. Oh, and, like, yeah. Everybody's always talking about their project. And even if it's something that doesn't really take that long and it's something that like you don't really have to do that much work for everyone's always talking about like okay this is a project i have this this is a project you can help me on this is some like uh not my boss but we actually had the new cfo start at the company a little while ago and uh you know she, she's actually kind of a gilf but we'll get oh you know. no he's <laughs> going to do it again <laughs> <laughs> um we were having a meeting a couple uh, last week actually which i don't even know why i'm in on these meetings maybe it's just because we're a small company and uh, anybody who has like any technical expertise gets in on these meetings but i'm like i just work here dog there's like the cfo the controller the head accountant and uh the head hr guy and me and i'm like fuck what what am i doing here man like i don't have anything to talk about People are talking about things that I don't know anything about. Why am I here? Uh, <laughs> but she mentioned at some point that like she had some projects that I could help out on. And I'm like, now, like literally just today, um, I got an email forwarded to me about what this project is. It's just some people not knowing some basic Excel bullshit, which I, look. It's so annoying fucking uh, boomers dude they don't know how to do anything man this is fucking uh, half the reason i i think half the reason i got the job that i have right now is just because i know how to move around a computer and these fucking boomers at my workplace don't actually know anything there's so much of them that still really have no idea like most salespeople really are are computer illiterate doug i'm not even talking about the salespeople. i'm talking about people who are like very involved in like the actual data of the company but these are people who were taught how to maneuver around data when excel was basically the only thing they had i think Jeez. <laughs> like somebody was uh one of the things you can even find now if you look up like uh, uh jobs for like excel on indeed or something is people will be looking for if you know how to use vlookup and pivot tables and if you're just looking at it like from an outsider's perspective it can kind of seem pretty complicated but literally this is shit that like my boss had to show me once and i was like oh okay 
perfect sense. <laughs> I, I understand this completely. Uh, so like a pivot table is basically something that just transposes uh, columns into rows. So you can look at the data in a different way and you can arrange it in a different way. And it doesn't have to be like, doesn't transpose it in the way that exactly a matrix would transpose, but blah, blah, blah. Based, that's the same idea as you can look at uh, columns the way you might want to look at rows. So it, it helps arrange the data a little bit differently. Uh, VLOOKUP is just basically something that says, oh, I have this data in one place and I know I have this data in another place and I want some data associated with this data. So I'm going to find this data in this first place and I'm going to tell Excel to look at this data in the second place. And I'm going to tell it to return to me this data in that second place that's related to that data. So it's like something in a column in one spot, you want to see where it is in another spot and find something in another, in like the same row in a column in a different spot. That's all it is, basically. Uh, and the syntax for it is fucking stupid. Uh, I like the X lookup syntax, which today, Actually, uh, my boss and the CFO were asking me about something. They're like, oh, how, uh, how confident are you with VLOOKUPs? And I was like, well, I actually prefer XLOOKUP because the syntax is a lot simpler and it makes a lot more sense to me. And they look at me, they go, oh, what? X yeah. index? <laughs> no, XLOOKUP. Uh, it's just fucking like they learned how to do it one way with the VLOOKUP. And that's all they know. That's literally fucking all they know. It's fucking wild to me that you can make the money they're making knowing like only that as far as, you know, I'm sure they have a lot of other domain specific knowledge and all that stuff. And I'm not trying to say I could do their jobs because I definitely could not. But that's the as one far as working we with, have. As far as working with Excel goes, like they learn how to do two things. These fucking boomers, they learn how to do two things and they don't care about the rest of it. They don't even think about how it might make sense to like look at other Excel functions or look at any updated functions or anything. The only reason, the only fucking reason to use VLOOKUP today is if you're working with legacy data, if you're working with spreadsheets with other people who only have access to like fucking Microsoft Office 2005 or something. That's the only reason to use VLOOKUP instead of XLOOKUP. <laughs> They're never gonna look into, they're never gonna look into any of this though. That's the thing. It's like they don't even know what they don't know, and they'll never figure out, they'll never even come close to figuring it out. It's it's completely outside their their these are their these sphere, are fucking yeah. smart ass people who make hundreds of I, I don't know how much my boss makes CFO. I know she makes hundreds of thousands of dollars because I've seen some shit that I probably was not supposed to see they don't protect their data at all <laughs> it's it's fucking insane like it's 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 crazy dude like she's hot but like god damn man come on <laughs> you gonna teach her how to do excel i'm i'm not teaching her i'm teaching the like vice president of operations how to do something holy shit how embarrassing is like, that i've been here for three months i barely touched excel before how embarrassing is that? You're three months new to the company and you're teaching the vice president how to do something in Excel. Something that's I mean, very easily Googleable, like most likely. Absolutely. It like the more or less the way I learned how to do a lot of this stuff is just looking at the actual like uh support uh documents on Microsoft's website, pretty much. Like they have all the all the functions listed. They they have very good documentation for all this kind of stuff. Uh but 
you know, it's just old people learned how to do things one way and they don't want to learn how to do it another way. And even like, maybe we're just in that era where things are getting more data centric and people who have never had to actually work with data are getting more exposed to it. But it's fucking like, you know, I don't know MATLAB too well. I know it from shit that I had to do from like general engineering freshman year. I'm sure you know it on a way better level than I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you were if you were looking at some of this kind of shit, like some of the like basic Excel kind of shit that I have to do, you'd be like, why would this take anybody more than 10 minutes to learn? <laughs> you know? I mean, that's like most shit in Excel is not hard to learn. No, but- it's not. I hate that these people make so much money, man. Like they're they make fucking useless. Way more money they're than so us. fucking worthless. It makes they're me only... so upset. What? What do you fucking like? You know, he's got the corner office, man. He's got the boat. He's got the second house. No, I mean, like, my boss actually, I I like him a lot. Um, because the way it was the way he uh, talked about it with me was that you know he saw my resume and he was. He saw that I was like doing some bullshit lab stuff and he was like, okay, you know, you can do more than that. So I want to give you a chance here. And so I'll always have like, for the rest of my working life, I'll always have respect for him for being somebody who at least like looked at my resume and saw that like, you know, even if I didn't necessarily know how to do the things that I might be required to know on the job, that it wouldn't be too much of a hassle to learn it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, big shouts out to Grady. Uh, always respect for him. Um, and, you know, CFO too. She's cool. I don't know if I can name her yet because she's only been there for a little while, so I don't want to name drop her. But, uh, you know, she's she's a, a good person. She moved here from California, uh, which, again, is like, okay, you did this to get, like, cheap land and lower cost of living, which, fine, sure, I don't care. She can't tell uh, people, right? Like, I'm surprised that she told you. Like, told- but you can't be like, oh, I came from California, because then you're like everyone's public enemy number one at that point. Like, nah, I mean, we're we're a small company. Like, do you like most like even the vice president I was talking about? I only met her over email and like a Teams meeting. Like, I haven't actually met her in person. The only people I've actually met, excuse me, sorry. Um, there's maybe like seven people that come into the office on a day to day basis. Everybody else is just email. Oh, well, that's, you know, that's not so bad then. But I mean, I don't know. I Yeah, I kind of agree with what you said. You know, cheap land. Found out that uh, one of my, one of the people I uh, went to high school with, she, uh, I knew she went to the University of Alabama, but holy shit, she really became the University of Alabama. Like, big, big makeup, big fake tan, like gigantic oh, hair. And you're just like, oh, dude, I knew you when you were like 14. What is this? This is not you. I get that perspective on the one hand. I mean, obviously, there's the whole like, oh, people change and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I don't know. I have a a very, very strong uh, ideological opposition to tanning as a practice. I think it's just legitimately offensive like i'm not even gonna (laughs) try and like disguise that or anything it's it's just like i don't know why people do it like 
white people be like <laughs> i'm, I'm trying not to be that guy i'm trying not to be that guy but like at the same time it's like it, like it is unironically one of the most privileged things anybody can do because it's like you understand that having dark skin was a very horrible difficulty for most people for a very long time right and now it's like a luxury for you and at the same time you know you think like how fucking weird would it be if I was like, oh, I'm actually going to get my skin brightened today? Like, Dude, that that's what Sammy problem. Sosa did. There that was, was a fucking, there was rampant colorism in the black community for such Michael a long Jackson? time. Yeah, Michael yeah, Jackson. I mean, we're, we're finally getting over that kind of shit where it's like, no, you don't have to lighten your skin to like be in society and shit like that. Where it's like, <laughs> oh, by the way, all these white people are making themselves darker. Like, what the fuck? Like, what? Oh, did you just it bothers me, dude. Oh, I was gonna oh, say, no, did, you I... open a, did you open a link I sent you? Because like, she uh, she lives in Huntsville, and uh... fucking NASA headquarters or some shit. By the way, uh, Huntsville is apparently a weird town. There's a NASA base there. Oh, okay. That her, yeah. dude. She doesn't just. She would look great with like her natural brown hair with those green eyes and just pale skin. She would look great. Yeah, she did in high school. I mean, when I was also 14 years old, so fucking that's not a creepy thing to say. I mean, she was no. a, she was like a crush for like, I think I went to I went to like the second half of middle school with her, too. And uh, she was really cute. And she was also like really nice. But now she's like a she's like a realtor. So it's like, ah, uh, I mean, nah. yeah, that's, that's uh, like, you know, like, like ideologically job. Who goes to the University of Alabama to be a realtor? Bitch about I, I to get laid off. <laughs> I, I I don't know what uh what that school is supposed to be good at, so I can't really comment on that. But Fucking nothing. <laughs> what going and watching football games? That's what you go to the U of A for, I guess. I'm, the the only one thing I want to get my CFL on is that uh you know a lot of people are going to try and convince you to be a Alabama fan. Probably be, be an Auburn fan. Be one of the good ones. Yeah, we got this. You got to go through the struggle. It's so stupid, man. Like I. I, I just I don't understand Tammy like on a on a thing deep is this, level. It's, I think it's the dumbest fucking offensive thing that anybody could ever do. I'm gonna say this: it's like almost not exclusively, but almost completely done by girls. So it has to be. I don't know if it's like a like a female like oh I feel like I would look prettier if I did this or something. But I know, <laughs> I know that uh, that it's kind of done in a lot of the same. It's done on a much higher scale in like the same age group and like gender group, but in England, and it looks really shit because they're fucking ugly and they like turn into the orange girls. That was always like the stereotype, snooky meme shit. Yeah, like, it's uh... like it looks and really I guess you know. Ugly. I don't I don't want to be like too harsh on like women that do it because I feel like they're kind of like you're saying it's only women that get tan like they have very different and harsher beauty standards than guys do so like I'm, I'm not trying to bag on any individual people for whatever decisions even if I think they're dumb like whatever decisions they might make to try and make themselves more beautiful when it comes to women where like we put an absurd amount of value on a woman's looks so like this is not like me 
shitting on any individual people or anything, but maybe it's just like the whole thing of like the fact that we have for some reason produced a culture that has like just insulted darker and tan skin, even to the point where like, you know, I used to buy into the whole like Italians and Irishes were not actually white kind of theory or whatever when, uh, you know, actually they were but they were still looked down upon in the white hierarchy for whatever kind of quote unquote non-white features they might have had. It's just, it's insane that like we're in the current year, you know, we're like in modern society and shit and we still have people trying to conform to some older beauty standards and we're still holding those up like it's fucking ridiculous like some really narrow ones too very yeah absolutely narrow ones and like when this was shit that people got discriminated against for in the past like you know you got pale skin own it you can be hot you got tan skin own it you can be hot you got dark skin own it you can be hot it's it's all like we're we're like moving to a point when you can just kind of be in the skin you're in and it's you know it's not going to be targeted against at least maybe there'll be some like slowness in like recognizing it but it's not going to be at least like explicitly targeted against so it's like it just it's just weird to me that people are going to do that even today i just figured out why she did it don't tan I just figured out why she did it. And I don't even have, I didn't look this up. I didn't have to look this up because I know now, you know, she got a new sorority at, at Alabama and she had to do it. Like, you know, to, to look like that Southern college, you know, girl. Yeah, it's just stupid. It's, that's, it's, all- it's really stupid. Then into to, the sororities there. That's like even oh, more no. extreme, man. They're like crazy, and the the southern sororities are just like really another level. Not even like, not even to the level that like, you know, big state schools in the north would be like, like Michigan or like Wisconsin or like Illinois. Like the southern, like if you go to like Ole Miss or if you go to like Alabama or like Tennessee, like it's a different, it's a different, it's a completely different lifestyle. Yeah. It's the fake tan yeah. shit, but it's it's all just like. It's, it's another one of those things in the South where it's like we're 20 years behind everybody else. Like it's fucking catch up, man. Like it's, it's terrible. You wonder why everybody insults this fucking region and why nobody wants to fucking live here. It's because you guys are clinging to social values from 20 years ago. I was going to say it's like at least more than two. It feels like 35 at this point. Like the big hair and the time, fake dude. tan. Like whenever Dolly Parton was was super super popular, that's like what the South is still trying to go for, and it's more than twenty years at this point. So I know that much. It's Dolly Parton was definitely popular more than twenty years ago, and even maybe think of like the the country woman singers, like the the really real. I mean, that's probably actually like twenty fifteen ish. 20 to 15 years ago, not 2015, but like, you know, the the style of the, the country music singer girl, like, I don't know, Kelly Clarkson when she was like super like, you know, I don't know, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but I mean, like, it even comes down to the way that uh, 
Alabama is trying to set up mar- medical marijuana. The way they're doing it is like so backwards to the point where like I mean you have to consider that like okay people are you know we're still in the market economy and all that kind of stuff so people are only going to produce things to to an extent to which the profit motive motivates them and the laws that they're enacting in Alabama for medical marijuana which I think did, did actually pass but the laws are so fucking strict to a sense in which it's like why would anybody produce this in the first place like why would anybody who's who might happen to be like growing marijuana in alabama why would they not just keep distributing on the black market to get more customers for the most part like not even like the profit margin for those customers but just to get more customers because they don't have to run it through all these fucking ridiculous like yeah uh, it's like I know you can't sell flour for one. You can't do that, uh, and you can't. I think you can't sell edibles with like sugar in them or something. It's some kind of like crazy thing. You can sell like lo- I don't think you can sell gummies either. I think they have to be like lozenges. I was gonna say they're probably they probably have to be like pills. Like you probably have to sell them as like medicine, and they would right. want it, it to be in a pill instead of like a gummy or something. It's either a pill or like a like a old hard candy lifesaver, like that kind of thing. I I would be surprised if it was even that like uh, lenient. That's why I've been like uh like really just like even if you know even in like eight years or whatever when they finally get around to legalizing recreational, like the states that don't want to do it are just gonna freaking make it super hard to get the license and shit or something. Like, it's just, it's not going to be like gay marriage where it's like you can't discriminate. Like, the states that don't want it are just not going to, like, it's just not going to get really big there. And it'll be for a number of reasons. Because there'll be like, oh, the states can, you know, it's technically legal, but, you know, just no one's doing it or something. Yeah. I mean, I think even if, like, decisions regarding gay marriage were made today, it would be, you know, it would have been a whole like delegated like states rights kind of thing which i've actually been looking a lot into that recently ever since there was something you said like months ago maybe it was just like one month ago or like a more than three weeks ago yeah uh, you said something like it sucks that like states rights are actually important but the one party that wants to fight for them is fucking terrible <laughs> yeah i i agree with that like i'm yeah. i'm totally on board with states having like uh like actually distinct like laws and stuff yeah and i mean you know part of it gets into what was the idea of federalism supposed to be in the late 1700s versus what would a realistic expectation of it be today um and parts of it just gets into like local sovereignty and to the point where i'm thinking like okay why don't we extend that to counties and why don't we extend it to cities and why don't we extend it to neighborhoods, you know, to the point where like local rights, you can kind of go on with that municipalism for a while. And, you know, I've been looking into like different ideas on that because it is important. Like there should, 
you know, there's always a danger with that kind of like centralization of power that you find in the federal government today. Like there's always like terrible dangers that come to that. And maybe it's not a thing. Like it's almost definitely not a thing we should be uh, promoting. <laughs> I was uh, uh, I was reading into like kind of what you were just talking about municipalityism because when uh, when marijuana became legal in Illinois, recreational, it was basically a really long voting process in each like not even county, like less than that, like town, I don't know, I guess town voted on if they wanted it in their, uh, in their community or not. Like the ones that said, no, like literally like, what's that going to do for you? Like people can just drive and buy it elsewhere. Like there's a, there's a point of limiting returns with municipality stuff where that's a good objection to like letting every like, individual unit of a local community decide things it's like well okay someone's just gonna like drive you know two miles to the west and then they'll be able to get what they want anyway so what does it matter if you say no that's actually a good idea i never even thought about that yeah so that's i mean you can also extend that to like uh to like border towns as like a which is a small case example but you could say the same thing for states in that example like well states rights are a meme or uh or something I, I guess like you could say that like maybe like or or no federal rights are a meme you could just go to states and other states and or i don't know you try you you see what i'm trying to say right like you can just keep extending it downward to the point where it you know it, it you know what whatever like large branch of uh society like whatever the smallest large branch you can try and find is whether you say okay the smallest large branch is the state oh actually the smallest large branch is the city oh actually the smallest large branch is the county (laughs) oh actually the smallest large branch is the family oh actually you know you can keep reducing that down until you do get to like the absolute individual and then where do you even go from there yeah i agree so that's that's some crazy shit dude i hadn't thought about that fuck now you got now now you're gonna think about it. States, now, think about now think of it when I was on a border town because I lived on a border town of Illinois and Wisconsin, and you know there's a it's a lot of I mean guns, fireworks, those two like are the biggest things you know buying and shit. Everyone who drives to Wisconsin to buy like mega fireworks and holy shit, you would not fucking believe. I drove on July Fourth from my dad's house, like in a Chicago suburb to my mom's house which was on the border and it was the night of july 3rd or something it was the saturday it was that saturday night and my dad's place had like you know a couple things going on maybe like a couple fireworks you'd see just in the car if you roll down the windows of when when you're around my mom's place you would think that you're storming the beaches of Normandy. Like these <laughs> fireworks are just going off like crazy. And my dad's like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on over here? And, uh, you know, granted, it is completely like, you know, not only are the people that are like on the northern, like, like just at the border, not only are they like much more, you know, like boomer America types versus the suburbs of chicago but they also have access to fireworks they just kind of drive over the border so it's like the it's a double whammy like you could just easily the, the disparate amount of fireworks was really really funny because there's a lot of them that you cannot buy in illinois because they're massive and people blow their hands off in hospitals and shit you know uh, yeah see i get that to the point where um 
there's like no legal lottery in Alabama, actually. Uh, so like, you know, there's been a lot of news about, uh, is it mega millions that went to like over a billion dollar jackpot? Yeah. So you can't buy a ticket for that in Alabama. Wow. You, just, you, can't, you can't even participate in that. That's I tried crazy. to look up ways that. to do it online, but like you can't even do that. Uh, but if you live on, say, the border with Georgia, you can drive over to Georgia and do it right there. Hmm. And did it's you, not you like win? you won't get the money if you. No, uh, I, I didn't. I got my dad to buy me some tickets and I lost 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but what were you going to say about Georgia? But I'm just saying, like, that's kind of the same thing you're saying there, where like there are certain kinds of laws where whatever small municipality you break down the law into, you can just travel to another one to break that law and it won't actually have any consequence on you. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Could you collect, I mean, if you, if you won, could you still collect it if you bought it in Georgia? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I think even the guy who won the jackpot, I think they said he won it in Illinois. Uh, but he wanted relatively close enough like to Chicago where he could have just been someone who was like passing through the airport for a day or something like that and didn't even live nearby. But, All I hope is that he bought one ticket. If this guy is like a virgin that buys like a hundred tickets and fills them out, like, no, uh, like fuck those, off. yeah, no, fuck those guys. No. Like fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Guys I gotta only own one ticket. I've never bought a lottery ticket before and I got my dad to do it. And I lost thirty dollars. So fuck them. <laughs> I bought a bunch of tickets, man. Damn, damn, Riff. It ain't working. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good one. I'm gonna end we'll on that. There. I'm getting uh, I'm getting knackered. I'm tired. <laughs>